Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya O best of the Kuru dynasty, after he drank some water, King Ambarish, meditating upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead within his heart, waited for the return of the great mystic Durvasa Muni. Durvasa Jamuna Kulat Krita Vasyaka Agata Ragya Bhinanditastasya Bhubhude Chestitam Dhyaya after executing the ritualistic ceremonies to be performed at noon, Durvasa returned from the bank of the Jamuna. The king received him well, offering all respects, but Durvasa Muni, by his mystic power, could understand that King Ambarish had drunk water without his permission. Manyuna prachalat katro brukuti kutilanana bhubukshitasta sutaram kritanjalam bhashata. Still hungry, Durvasa Muni, his body trembling, his face curved and his eyebrows crooked in a frown, angrily spoke as follows to King Ambarish who stood before him with folded hands. Aho asya nirisangshaya sriyon matasya pasyata dharma vyati kramam vishnor manina Alas, just see the behavior of this cruel man. He is not a devotee of Lord Vishnu. Being proud of his material opulence and his position, he considers himself God. Just see, he has transgressed the laws of religion. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur has diverted the me entire meaning of this verse as spoken by Durvas Muni. Durvasa Muni used the word nirsangshasya to indicate that the king was cruel, but Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur interprets it to mean that the king's character was glorified by all the local people. He says that the word nir means by all the local people, and that sangshasya means of he Ambarish, whose character was glorified. Similarly, one who is very rich becomes mad because of his wealth and is therefore called Shriya Unmatasya. But Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur interprets these words to mean that although Maharaj Ambarish was such an opulent king, he was not mad after money, for he had already surpassed that madness for material opulence. 
Similarly, the word Ishamanina is interpreted to mean that he was so respectful to the Supreme Personality of Godhead that he did not transgress the laws for observing Ikadasi Parana, despite the thinking of Durvasa Muni, for he only took water. In this way, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has supported Ambarish Maharaj and all his activities. Yo mam atitim ayatam atitatyena niman nimantriyacha adatva bhuktavam stasya sajyasthe darshaye palam. Maharaj Ambarish, you have invited me to eat as a guest, but instead of feeding me, you yourself have eaten first. Because of your misbehavior, I shall show you something to punish you. Purport. A devotee cannot be defeated by a so-called mystic yogi. This will be proved by the failure of Durvasa Muni's endeavor to chastise Maharaj Ambarish. Harava bhaktasikatomahadgunaha. One who is not a pure devotee of the Supreme Lord has no good qualifications, however great a mystic, philosopher, or fruitive worker he may be. Only a devotee emerges victorious in all circumstances, as will be shown in this incident involving the rivalry between Durvasa and Maharaj Ambarish. Durvas Muni is here playing the role of a great mystic yogi who does not have the power to control his anger. Of course, such great personalities under the divine yoga maya or spiritual potency of the Lord sometimes behave in this way especially for the purpose uh, of demonstrating higher truths to humanity at large. After all, Durvas Muni is a partial expansion of Lord Shankar or Shiva and therefore he is certainly a great celebrated personality as we see uh, in the Mahabharata and Bhagavatam, even such great, great personalities as Maharaj Yudhisthira, uh, Maharaj Ambarish, they are very anxious to offer all respects and humble obeisances to him. But Durvas Muni, in this particular um, form and personality that he has assumed is not playing the part of a bhakta but is playing the part of a mystic yogi, one who has attained the perfections through tapasya, through the um, practice of the Eightfold Yoga system 
and through um, accumulation of immense knowledge or jnana, he has attained powers which are not humanly conceivable. Hmm. Uh. And Ambarish, of course, as we have been mentioning in previous classes, he is a great devotee. He is not concerned with any mystic powers. He is not concerned uh, with anything except humbly performing his duty for the pleasure of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. So here, Ambarish Maharaj, it is explained, he was fasting for one full year on every Akadasi, not for his own sake, but for the sake of purifying his kingdom and setting a proper example for all others. You see, it is explained that a king is, is in a very, very responsible position. It is described that because he is leading the rest of the kingdom in their direction of life, what great men do, common men will naturally follow. So therefore, whatever standards such a great king sets by his exemplary acts, the world will pursue. Therefore, one-fourth of all the pious activities of the entire kingdom must be assumed by the king. And similarly, one-fourth of all sinful activities accumulated by all residents within his kingdom have to be accepted by the king. So it is a very responsible position. If one understands the karmic um, position of being a leader in society, one will not be so anxious aspire for such a position. Today politicians simply for great name, fame, and lots of side benefits and lots of money, uh, very anxious to by hook or crook assume the position of a political leader, a president, a prime minister, or a king. But they do not understand the grave, grave karmic responsibility that they have. But Mambarish Maharaj, he was thoroughly responsible. And therefore, he wanted to show all of the people of his kingdom the proper life to live, performing sacrifice for the pleasure of Vishnu is the goal and duty of every human being. Work done as a sacrifice for Vishnu must be performed, otherwise whatever you do is only a cause of bondage and imminent suffering. Therefore, his performance of this very, very strict ikadasi fast for a whole year on each ikadasi, he would not even touch the water. And not only that, but he went to a holy place, Madhuban, in the Vrindavan forest to perform this fast for that year. He showed all the citizens of his kingdom by his example how important it is to go to a holy place, 
the holy place of Krishna's Leela. He showed everyone in the kingdom that he was doing it all with the blessings of the Brahmins and the Vaishnavas. He would not do anything independently. It is not that Ambarish Maharaj just left for Vrindavan and didn't tell anyone, thinking, oh, I am a very great soul, just see. No, with the blessings of the Brahmins, with the blessings of Guru, with the blessings of the Vaishnavas, he went to this holy place to perform tapasya. And what was that tapasya for? It wasn't simply for his own purification, but it was for the enlightenment and the betterment of all living beings. Just like our own Guru Maharaj, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, he also went to Vrindavan to perform great, great tapasya, living in a very simple holy place at Sri Radha Damodar. Uh, and um, just eating very simple prasad, uh, taking bath in Jamuna, uh, living very, very simple, humble life, very quiet and secluded, always immersed in his bhajan. But his purpose was not simply for his own Krishna consciousness, but his purpose was to prepare himself to lead the world in Krishna consciousness. So Ambarish Maharaj went to Brajadham for the same purpose because he understood that for performing this act, whatever pious activities the king performs, the whole kingdom shares that as well. And whatever sins the king performs, the whole kingdom has to suffer. So therefore, he wanted all the world to become Krishna conscious. Such a compassionate and great soul. Mm. But it is described that in order, f this was the last fast of the year. It was the very end of his vow. And according to the regulations of the Shastra, if he did not break his vow by breaking the fast, by a certain time, the Ikadasi Parana, that is usually between, um, between the time of the sunset, I mean the sunrise, and um, about one, one and a half hours after. You must break your fast. Otherwise, the credit of the fast is nullified. So, of course, it is not the courtesy of a um, host to take anything before a guest or to speak of such a respected guest as Durvas Muni. So Ambarish Maharaj was very sensitive to this. Durvas Muni, he came, actually in this case, Durvas Muni was playing the part of a very, very insensitive man. He obviously knew that Ambarish Maharaj was fasting. With his mystic power, he was able to know that he drank one little drop of Charanamrit while he was sitting in the Jamuna, a long distance away. So if he had such mystic power, he must have understood Maharaj Ambarish's fast and his motivation. But just at that time when Ambarish Maharaj was supposed to be um, taking his breakfast, uh, 
Durvas Muni was delaying, spending long, long time in Jamuna, taking bath. So Ambarish Maharaj, with the permission of the, of the great devotees of the Lord, he took one single drop of Charanamrit, or water which has been used to wash the lotus feet of the deity of Krishna. And Ambarish Maharaj, feeling what had happened within his mind, became very angry. And here we find that he is coming back to the place of Ambarish Maharaj and in a fit of great anger, ah, he is blaspheming the king with harsh words. He is calling him a pretender. Ah, alas, he is calling him a cruel man. He's not a devotee of Vishnu. He's calling him proud materially attached to position. Ambarish Maharaj, who is the most humble servant of all living beings, he is saying that he considers himself to be God. Just see how he has transgressed the laws of religion. Basically, he's saying that Ambarish Maharaj is so uncontrolled in his outrageous desire for sense gratification that he cannot even control his senses for a few minutes to serve a respectful guest. But it is very, very significant what Srila Prabhupada is explaining in the purport. How the great souls see everything with a positive vision. Uh, here he is casting the most, the most horrible insults upon this flawless, pure personality. But Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, he is saying that what Durvas Muni is saying can be taken another way. If you just change the grammatical perception of these verses, He's actually chanting the glories of Ambarish Maharaj. And here he's taking the same words and explaining how each one means how wonderful and glorious is the devotion of Maharaj Ambarish. Hmm. This is how the great souls, they learn to see the good in everyone and in everything. They learn to see the positive even in the most negative situation. This is a rare quality, and we find it again and again and again within the scriptures, how the great acharyas, even the demons, when they insult the Lord, they're able to simply hear those words in another way and see how this demon is actually positively glorifying the Lord of my life. Hmm. And therefore, they are teaching us by their example how to see every situation as a positive opportunity to glorify God. This is the nature of a mature devotee who has unflinching faith in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He doesn't see any condition of life as negative. He sees every situation as a God-arranged opportunity to further increase 
the glorification of the Lord's name and glories. He sees even the most negative situations possible as a perfect, perfect arrangement to increase one's service to the Lord. You see, if you see something in a negative mind, then you become discouraged. You lose faith. And what value is that? Human life is meant for devotional service. Therefore, the devotees of the Lord, the sincere devotees, they are always trying to see how every situation of life is arranged by Krishna. It may be a challenge, but it is for the purpose of increasing my uh, facility to render service and glorify the Lord, Lord and his devotees. Just like Srila Prabhupada, when he was um, in his last days, he had not eaten any prasad in a long, long time. He practically had no more weight on his body. And he was very old and his physical frame was just, it, it appeared that it was inconceivable how his life air was continuing to flow through such a um, sickly bodily condition. But when he heard there was great challenges for preaching in Europe, although he was sitting in Bombay, uh, and all doctors said, you cannot move, you cannot go anywhere, he said, take me to London. And the devotees said, but Prabhupada, this is impossible. All doctors are forbidding you to move. We cannot imagine you. You cannot even stand up. We have to carry you whenever you have to respond to the calls of nature. How can you be traveling like this? It is completely impossible. Prabhupada was not very concerned with the doctor's orders. Prabhupada said, he just put his hands together and said, he said, a Vaishnav is always ah, welcoming the opportunity for a good fight. He said, better I die in the battlefield fighting for Krishna than simply sitting like this. So although it was the most treacherous, impossible situation, Srila Prabhupada was simply seeing how it is a possible, it is a positive opportunity to render service. And of course, by doing so, he further glorified the Lord more than ever. Everyone would think, how wonderful is this devotee? How wonderful is this devotee of the Lord? In this way, he further glorifies Krishna. That, oh, this is how Krishna's, this is the glory of Krishna's devotees. If Krishna's devotees are so, so absolutely, unrelentlessly surrendered to his service, imagine how great Krishna must be. If this, is the, if this is how much love the devotees have for Krishna, how much, how much worthy of love Krishna must be. Nobody is willing to perform such great austerities for any personality in this world. So therefore, when we see 
the, the intensity and the condition of the love for the devotees, for Krishna, the world thinks that Krishna must be the supreme lovable object. He must be the supreme object of all affection. Let me also learn what is this Krishna, who is this Krishna? How, who is this person that these great souls are performing such inconceivable acts of devotion for? With great pleasure. So the devotees of the Lord, whatever condition they are in, or whatever condition they are exposed to, they see it as a positive opportunity to glorify Krishna. There's nothing negative. Negativity is due to maya or ignorance. even great reversals. We should never lose heart. Huh? The great souls are never bewildered by any condition of life because they only see one thing, the opportunity for service. Huh? Even at one time we were discussing with Ashok yesterday at the beginning of the Hare Krishna movement. But Prabhupada took the opportunity. He was, he was very much disturbed of how the demons were abusing his dear son and devotee. But Prabhupada wrote his first essay on this basis. Who is crazy? And this essay was, was distributed far and wide. And this essay factually made thousands of people Krishna conscious. So see how Prabhupada took advantage of the most apparent negative situation and turned it into the most positive condition of preaching. Who is crazy? He begins that the materialists say the devotees are crazy, the devotees say the materialists are crazy, so who is crazy? And then he explains that craziness means to think that you are someone you are not. Are you this body or are you not this body? Then he very, very logically explains how you are not this body. Therefore, anyone in the bodily conception of life is factually crazy. And then he explains how to attain real sanity by becoming God-conscious or Krishna-conscious. Ah. So here, a very, very abusive and irrational and very negative attack by a very demoniac plot. Srila Prabhupada saw the positive opportunity to glorify Krishna. And the result was an essay that converted the hearts of thousands. And even while in the hospital, uh, a very, very wonderful soul was saved from the clutches of illusion or maya. So how is this possible? This is only possible because the devotees of the Lord, they have this spiritual vision in all circumstances of life. They see everything as Krishna's arrangement for me to glorify him. And here, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, uh, he is demonstrating uh, that even the apparent greatest insults to the Lord and his devotee, he is not seeing it as such. He is seeing it as an opportunity for glorification. 
So we must very, very carefully try to follow in the footsteps Mahajano Yena Gatasabanta of these great souls. And we must learn Acharya Pashanam. We must see through the eyes of the Acharya. We should not try to see through our own vision because our own vision is tainted by material contaminations, conditionings, and so much false ego. Therefore, we tend to see everything out of its perspective. We should never see through the eyes of this world. That is why it is not recommended for devotees to be reading mundane books, mundane newspapers, beyond what is absolutely required just for the information needed for one's devotional service. Because by um, associating one's mind, we just see, we learn to see things through the eyes of materialistic people who are constantly accepting and rejecting, hankering and lamenting, who are being dictated by their mind and senses. Therefore, we must always learn to see through the eyes of the scriptures and to see through the eyes of those personalities who are embodiments of the, of the conclusion of the scriptures, which means the great devotees of the Lord. Oma jnanti midandasya jnanjana chalakaya chakshurun militam jena tasmoy sri guru Venamaha. I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but by the mercy of my Guru Maharaj, with the torchlight of knowledge, he has given light into my life. The spiritual master and the great sadhus, they teach us to see everything, to respond to every condition of life in the light of Krishna consciousness. So by, by humbly inquiring from the great souls, and by following in their footsteps, we can at all times, in all circumstances, further deepen our own Krishna consciousness and offer the greatest service to the Lord and to all humanity. Thank you very much. Is there any questions? Yes. We must see through our ears, not through our eyes. This is what Srila Prabhupada used to constantly tell us. Do not see through your eyes, but see through your ears. You must see everything according to how we hear from Krishna, from the Shastra, and from the great souls. So the feeling is an advanced stage of realization.
in the beginning, we must simply practice on the basis of faith. Just like you are a doctor. If someone has a severe disease and you give him medicine, does he immediately feel relief? Huh? Thirty seconds after he takes the tablet, does he feel relief? But does that mean that the process of purification is not taking place? Huh? So therefore you see by following the instructions or the injunctions of the Shastra and the Guru and the Sadhus, we are factually in the process of purification. When we become sufficiently pure, then we can feel the ecstasy of love of God. Until then, we simply have to keep ourselves in that protective state of being under the divine mercy or the divine grace of Guru and Krishna with faith. As we surrender, Krishna reveals himself. The light of knowledge is revealed to us as we surrender from within and without. We should not be con so concerned with how we feel. We should be concerned with following the truth, whether we feel or do not feel. Huh? And through, the, through connection to the truth, we become purified. And then the natural feelings of the eternal soul are allowed to manifest and pervade our entire consciousness. That is what is desired. Sadhana bhakti means we may not necessarily feel because we still have so many attachments and contaminations, but we follow on the basis of our intelligence, although it is an austerity. And as a doctor, you must preach to every patient this way. Sometimes the medicine makes you feel worse, but in the end, it gives you good health. So similarly, by accepting the vision of the spiritual master, sometimes in our contaminated, diseased state, we feel even worse. Huh? But that is just part of the natural process of purification. Therefore, with our good intelligence, we must have faith in the words of scripture, faith in the words of guru, and faith in the words of the sadhus. And then gradually we become purified, and then gradually what you are calling feeling, the emotional feelings, the mental feelings, they disappear. And the true ecstasy of the feeling of the soul is revealed. Hmm? Is there any other questions? Yes. That is why you need a guru. But a guru 
He is under the higher supervision of higher powers. You must take the blessings of the great souls before you can do something like that. But those who are on the advanced stages of Krishna consciousness, they are taking different direction from great, great souls from within their hearts. Srila Prabhupada was always taking direction at every step from his spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati through from within his heart. And therefore, what he was, his activities were ordained and sanctioned by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He was not tempting the Lord, but rather he was giving his life for the glorification of the Lord. You see, tempting the Lord is different, it's unnecessary. Just like Lord Jesus was asked by Satan, jump off this mountain and see if God saves you. But what is the value of jumping off a mountain? It's simply to test God. There was no real practical reason for doing so, save and accept just to see if God will save me. Right? Prabhupada was not in that. They were thinking, come death or come life, I'm in your hands, my Lord, but there are conditioned souls out there that need me, that need your mercy, and I am your messenger. Hmm? They had a compassionate mission. They had a specific goal in the service of the Lord. Huh? And with faith and confidence, and with the blessings of higher powers, they pursued that. They were doing it to please the Lord by giving His mercy to those who were, who were desperately crying for that mercy. Huh? They were not doing it just to show how great they were or to see whether Krishna saves me. That is the difference. Any other questions? So thank you very much. Hare Krishna.